If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author, Susan Friedman. Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my special guest is a master coaching expert. Patrick Donadio, MBA, is a certified speaking professional and master certified coach. He specializes in business communications and leadership development. Since 1986, he's been working with leaders and their organizations to improve the way they communicate with staff, customers, and or the public with his powerful presentations and one-on-one business communication coaching. From the boardroom to the classroom, he teaches people to increase profits, improve presentation and or verbal communications enhance their credibility, deepen relationships, and boost performance in less time. He's the author of Communicating with Impact, a leadership guide to communication, how to effectively communicate your ideas and achieve greater results. He's a longtime National Speaker Association friend and colleague. So Patrick, it's a true pleasure to welcome you to the show And thank you for being this week's special guest expert and mentor. Well, welcome, Susan, to be here. It's great. I'm so glad to talk with you. And yes, we do go way back, don't we? We go a long (laughs) way back. (laughs) It's scary to think that we were just talking about your kids and they're now graduating from college. And the last time I saw them, they were in the stroller. so. (laughs) So that's a few years. A few years. So, Patrick, let's just get down to what coaching is all about. And I always like to start off with, you know, what exactly is it so that we're all on the same page, understanding where you're coming from and the subject matter we're talking about. So give us a definition, your definition of coaching, please. Coaching, I think, for a lot of people has a lot of different meanings. People always think about athletic coaches, but when I talk about coaching, I'm talking about professional uh, coaches who help individuals. So the definition I like to use is that it's an interactive process that helps individuals develop more rapidly and produce more satisfying results. So coaching is really about development. It's not about fixing. You know, it's letting people make mistakes. It's helping them explore and uncover things. And it's a great way to help people reach their full potential. So it's not the kind of coaching you think about as athletic coaching where people are telling you what to do and showing you what to do, but it's more of kind of guiding you along the path. So as you say that, what comes to mind is the word consulting and even training. So what's the difference here between the coaching, consulting, and training? It's good to distinguish between those because some people call themselves a coach when they're really doing consulting. Some people call themselves a coach when they're really doing training. So when I think about consulting, and I've done consulting, did a lot of it early on in my business, consulting focuses on the organization and is all about providing solutions. So you come in, you're the expert, and you're going to tell people what to do and fix it. 
Now, training, again, is a little bit different even than consulting because to me, training focuses on helping individuals learn or a new skill. So as a trainer, you know, you're the expert with the answers, but you're teaching other people how to do it. So as opposed to a consultant that tells them how to do it, trainer is teaching them how to do it. Even though you could do it yourself, you're not doing it for them, you're teaching them. And then, as I said earlier, what coaching is all about, it's really focusing on helping the person uncover the answers for themselves with guidance and support. So the consultant is the person that will tell you, the trainer is the person that's going to teach you, and then the coach, the peer coach, is going to be the person that's going to ask you great questions to help you kind of think it through and be there to support you. I think the crux there is asking the great questions. And that, for me, is something that I like to find, you know, what are those great questions that are going to allow people to open up? Do you have any kind of recipe for great questions? I've got a whole list of great questions because that's a coach's great toolbox. You know, I think when you think about the kind of tools that make you a good writer or a good speaker, you always have certain tools And so, you know, there's categories of questions. For example, when you think about coaching, the first thing you want to do is you want to help figure out what's going on or what the issue is. So you could have what I call defining questions or gathering information questions. See, the way coaching works is, and it kind of works like this, you know, as a coach, I take a look at where are you now, right? Your current situation. I help you explore where would you like to be some point in the future, So by asking you good questions, I'm going to help you tell me what would the future Susan look like if you were going to be successful at whatever it might be. And then my job as a coach is to narrow that gap between where you are now and where you'd like to be. So I'm going to help you narrow the gap and get you to where you want to be, hopefully uh, more efficiently and faster. And I'm going to do that by asking questions. So, for example, you know, a good question to start with is, you know, what are some of your current challenges when you think about whatever your expertise might be? And the goal is to get people to start to explore and tell you more about where they are right now. Later on, you know, you can have solution questions. You can have taking action questions. I mean, I can go through a variety of these kind of questions. But the key thing is just to think about having an inquisitive mind where you're more thinking about what you want to learn as opposed to thinking about what you want to tell them. How about jumping in and thinking that you have the answer to these questions How can people stop themselves doing that? Because I know I have a tendency sometimes to say, oh, yes, I've got the answer to that question, rather than allowing people to self-discover. Well, I always try to tell people, first of all, that's the toughest part about being a coach. And, you know, I work with a lot of speakers that want to do coaching. And what do speakers like to do? They like to talk and they like to be problem solvers and like to fix things. And so I tell speakers, uh, you know, that when you are a speaker, you're a sage on the stage. But when you're a coach, you're a guide by their side. You have to learn how to flip the skill set. So if I wanted to say, oh, gosh, I think Susan should be doing this, instead of saying that, I'm thinking, how can I ask Susan to give me an example of that or to find out why she's not doing that? So you have to catch yourself and then flip the answer into a question. And it takes a little bit of practice. And the best way to get really good at that is to practice. And for people who are extroverts, I'm not sure if you are an extrovert, I think every speaker, well, actually, that's not true. I say every speaker's an extrovert, but that's not the case. I know yeah, there are a lot of yeah. introverts who are speakers. Right. But, but I know you're an extrovert. So extroverts have a real tendency to want to just talk, right? So, and I'm an extrovert also. So my biggest challenge is to shut up, leave some time to think before I respond. And in that thinking time, I'm taking whatever I wanted to tell them 
and figuring out how to transpose that into a question. As you know, many of our listeners are nonfiction authors. How could they take their book and then turn that perhaps into a coaching or even a training program? How would you recommend they go about that? The first thing that all the listeners should be patting themselves on the back for is that they are now an expert or a specialist. Because if you've written the book, then you are the person to go to. A lot of people come at it in different ways. Uh, For example, I started out doing consulting, then I started doing training, then I started doing keynoting, and then I started doing coaching. And what I did was I took all my content and I transcribed it and then I reworked it and put it into the book. Now, a lot of your readers may be coming from the other way. They are writers who came up with some great content. Now, they got to take that content and transform it into something that can help other people, whether it be training or coaching. So I would say the best place to start is with your book. Take your content and think about how do you get this information in a formula that's going to either help somebody learn a new skill, that's going to be a training seminar, or get some specific results, that may be a coaching session. So one of the best ways to do that, at least in my mind, is to take a look at your book and think about it in terms of what are the components, if you have a system or a process or even chapters that you might be able to take and put in a certain order that might make this easy to understand. For example, if you happen to be, so give me an example, Susan, of one of your authors that maybe you coach, what kind of book they have, and we could take that, maybe work with it a little bit. So a lot of authors either have motivational books, inspirational books, or they might go into the leadership aspect. So I think leadership might be a good one for this example. Okay. So the first thing I always think about when I want to help somebody do anything is I, I like to go back to the mantra, diagnose before you prescribe. So first thing that I would be thinking about is if I was going to do some coaching or if I was going to do some training is I would probably create a module. I get people to start to think about what their current skill sets or challenges might be. So that might be the first part of my training seminar. Let's take a look and think through what are some of your current challenges when you think about being an effective leader, and then maybe have people talk about that a little bit to help you get a feeling for the group. If it's coaching, same thing. You might start out with some good questions to ask people about their current skill sets in terms of what they do as a leader. If your book happens to be focusing on, let's say, sales leadership, then I'd I'd have some sales questions. I'd talk about their sales experience. So step number one, take a look at your book and start to think about how do you help your client or potential client tell you more about what they're struggling with so you can help them. So that'd be the first phase of turning your book into a training seminar or a coaching session. The second phase, let's take training for a moment, is then think about what are the top three to five skills that you've identified in your book that probably are the most practical and the ones you get the most feedback on that you could create some kind of training around that. So then I would start thinking about developing three to five, what I call mini modules. So there might be 15, 20 minute sections on some of these key points that are in the book already. So number one, look at kind of creating an experience where you get people to talk about what they're struggling with in the training seminar or in the coaching. Number two is start to create these three to five or seven different areas you want to start teaching about. And don't worry about how you're going to teach it. Just identify what you think are the key components in your book that would be useful for other people to learn to be more effective. So let me stop there. Those are like the two fundamental starting points. Does that make sense? It certainly makes sense. And what's going through my mind as you're saying this is what might be the difference here between doing one-on-one coaching versus coaching a group? 
again, we're still doing coaching. You can do group training. You can do group coaching. Let's discuss the difference between a group training and a group coaching. Again, in a group training, I'm going to be teaching people you know, a skill set. Now, I'm going to get feedback. I'm not going to talk all the time, but I'll be doing more of the talking. In a group coaching, we have a lot of people with you know, maybe similar challenges that are on a call, or usually it's a phone call or a Skype call or a Zoom call, and we're all working towards the same issue. And I'm going to be asking people to share some examples or to bring in some ideas but again, I'm doing a little bit more of kind of coaching. Now, I want to be up front because I do belong to the International Coach Federation, and I belong to the National Speakers Association. And I, what I've done in my practice is I've put the two together. So I have what I call a consultative coaching. So what I do when I'm coaching my clients because I'm teaching a skill set is I'm not the true pure coach that only asks questions. But when I'm doing the coaching, I'm probably doing about 80% listening and 20% talking versus the training where I'm doing, you know, maybe, you know, 80% talking and 20% listening. So when you have a skill, you're still going to do some more talking than you might if it was just a life coach. Then what I'm getting from you here, too, is this is a package, perhaps, that you can offer your clients. You've got the training component, and then you would add in, let's say, the coaching a component, be it on a one-on-one or a group. Is that yeah. correct? Yes. And I've done that many times where I might come in initially and let's say I'm coaching a vice president on a particular challenge. I do a lot of leadership communication skills, so maybe presentation skills or you know interpersonal communications. And then what I find is that after I've got done working with the leader on the coaching, they really like the results. They say, this is really great. And I say, you know, maybe we should do something with your entire team where I could come in and teach them some of the things that I did with you. Because with a group, it's a little bit more difficult to do group coaching when you've got a diverse audience like that. So then you could parlay from the coaching to the training or vice versa, come in and do the training, which is what I've done recently. I do some media training. So I did some training with a variety of these leaders on how to use video and be on a talk show. And then afterwards, we came back and did one-on-one, one-hour coaching sessions to personalize some of their needs for each of the individuals. So you can do both. But the first step, if you are an author and you don't have a training seminar or you don't have a coaching program, is to go through your book and start to think about what are some of the key pieces that I feel would add value to my potential clients. So you want to kind of begin to create the program. What you can do is once you create the training program, you can start to take those pieces and you can use them to kind of customize your coaching. But the foundation is to start to create this assessment kind of phase and then the three to five things you'd like to teach or coach people on. Is there an optimum number when it comes to group coaching? Well, you know, Susan, I don't do a lot of group coaching, so I can't really give you, uh, from my own experience, a lot about that. The reason I haven't done a lot of group coaching is I prefer to do my group work in the training capacity and do the one-on-one coaching. Now, there's a lot of folks that do a lot of group coaching, and it could be very lucrative. I love doing both, and I know that when I do the one-on-one, obviously I can work more in-depth with the individual versus the group where I've got a much broader perspective in how I work with them. If you haven't done any coaching, I really would say start with some one-on-one coaching because that's a good place to learn the skill and then move that into some group coaching. But for the listeners who are thinking about, you know, maybe expanding their base instead of just having one line of income, which is their product sales, creating some training seminars or even one training seminar and creating like a coaching program based on the book for individuals is a good starting point. Then once I feel like you've got those skills, you know, then you can move into group coaching. 
Let's shift a little bit and talk about the actual marketing of a coaching program. How do you go about that? What would you recommend to our authors? I think the first thing is to create the program so you can tell people what it is you're going to do for them. Uh, let's say you've got a leadership book, and I happen to be author of a leadership book. And in my book, I talk about six key principles to make for effective leaders. So I'm going to take my book. I'm going to create this 90-minute, two-hour, half-a-day workshop based on those six or seven key points. I'm going to make sure that I have good content. I've got some exercises where I can engage people in the training so they can learn. Now I've got that. I'm going to write up a simple one-page description of the training or of the coaching. And it's going to say, you know, a little paragraph about the six keys to being an effective leader. Here's how you're going to learn this, this, and that. Here are the objectives when you leave the program, you'll be able to blah, blah, blah. So first step to marketing it is to make sure you can give something to somebody that they can touch it, feel it, and say, oh, I understand what that is. Now, the nice thing is you already have the book. So if you have a person that wants you to come out and do the training, you could offer uh, this one pager. And maybe if it's a really hot prospect, send them a copy of the book and tell them how in this program, each person will get a copy of your book so that they can take this and continue the learning. So number one, make sure you've got a nice description. The second step, again, though, is you want to start to think about who are the folks that I'd like to work with. So I know, Susan, you wrote a book years ago called Riches and Niches. Did you not? I certainly did. I certainly (laughs) did. It's been an international bestseller. Yeah. It's been translated into umpteen languages. So, yeah, it's done pretty well. So (laughs) I think the next step is to think, what's the best niche for me, given your topic? Who's the right niche? So for me, for example, I do a lot of communication skills. My new book, Communicating with Impact, is called The Leader's Guide because my niche happens to be leaders. I like to work with current leaders and up-and-coming leaders. So I've identified certain niches. And here's a couple ways to identify a niche. And again, you know more about this than I do, but feel free to add there. But first thing is I think about where are there people who can afford to pay for what I'm offering? So if I happen to have a book on basket weaving, it may not be that there's a good niche for that. But if I've got a book on leadership, there's going to be, a, I think, a good niche for that. The question is, is it going to be in healthcare? Is it going to be in banking? Is it going to be you know, in the financial areas and manufacturing? So start to think about where is the best place for me to go. And I look at making uh, that decision in two ways. Number one, who do I like to work with? What audiences or what groups do I enjoy being around? And number two, which of those groups have the ability to pay for these services? So for me, uh, what I've found is I really enjoy doing work with healthcare. I happen to know people in healthcare, so I've made that one of my niches. And once you have some experience in a particular area, and if, for example, in your book, you've got some real good case studies or examples that happen to be in a certain niche or area, you might want to look at those first. So come up with your one-pager, then think about who you want to go after. And then one of the ways I found really helpful, and this is going to be great for your audience because they're all writers, is to write some articles about your topic that you can get published in different niches. So I love to go to associations. So let's say I wanted to do more work for healthcare. You know, I might go to the state healthcare association and find out if they are interested in having me write an article for their newsletter on, you know, the six keys to being an effective leader in healthcare. And I try to get that published in an association newsletter or online easing. And once I do have that done, then the next thing I would do is I might call up the editor who accepted my article and say, hey, listen, I've, you know, I've gotten some good feedback if you have, and say, I would love to do this at the, the conference. Who would I talk to who hires speakers to come in 
and do breakout sessions or keynotes at your annual conference. And they may give you the name of the educational director, and then you call them up or drop them a note and say, I just spoke with the editor for the magazine, and they thought I might be a good fit for your next conference. I don't know if you saw my recent article. So that's a nice way to break in. I love to hear my advice given by other people. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Great minds think alike, huh? Absolutely. And absolutely, people need to obviously know who they like to work with and where the deep pockets are. That's really important. So I'm pleased you emphasize those two important points. If you're going to do coaching, by the way, I would recommend highly that you experience coaching. You know, I think once you've been coached, you'll be a much better coach. And so I would encourage you, if you want to do some coaching, to find a coach. And what I would say is pay attention to how this coach connected with you and convinced you to hire them, because that's another great way to learn how to market your coaching services. Without any shadow of a doubt, and I remember that advice many years ago, I think when I did a a course with the uh, Coaching Federation, And they said, you should have your own coach. And I was like, I should. And I was like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) So I certainly found myself one. And it was a really valuable experience. So thank you for that reminder. And, you know, there's a great resource out there. If you want to go to if your audience wants to go to coachfederation.org, which is a website for the International Coach Federation. They have chapters all across the country, all across the world. And so if you happen to be in a community that has a chapter, it might be fun to go to a chapter meeting, learn some skills about being a coach. I happen to be very active in my local coaches chapter. In fact, I started this chapter uh, years ago. And I go every month because we always have great speakers teaching different skills about how to be a better coach. So that's another good place to go for coaching is to go and Get some kind of coaches training, whether it be formal coaches training, which they do have a lot of accredited programs around the country, or at least going to some of these coaches meetings so that people can start to learn more about what it takes to be a great coach. But the secret, Susan, is really as simple as you already have this great resource. You've got this wonderful book that you've written, and all you have to do is start to go through the book and start to think about how do I create some great educational sections, 20-minute modules where I'm going to teach a certain skill set, and then you develop some content. Maybe some exercises where you might ask uh, people some, some questions. I love doing a little inventory. So if there's some way for you to come up with like a seven-question inventory that people can take to help identify their current skills, that's a great tool you can use both in the training but really in the coaching, right? Because remember, coaching is all about where are you now, where would you like to be, and then I as a coach might help you get there. So if you came up with a nice assessment, tool, a series of questions that somebody could answer to help kind of benchmark where they are right now, that'd be great. There's a lot of assessments out there, by the way, you can use. And for example, I do a lot of communication skills coaching, so I happen to use the DISC profile. And all of my coaching clients, I start out with having them do a DISC profile, and I get a 22-page report back. tells me all about their personality style. Then I use that as kind of a starting point to figure out where they are right now. Let's take a moment and touch on mistakes people make when they either go into coaching or actually do coaching themselves. Well, the biggest mistake I think people make is they want to be a consultant. And so they go into coaching all excited. They have all the answers. They wrote the book, for many sake, right? So I'm the expert. That's not bad if you want to go in and be a consultant or be a trainer. But when you're going in to be the coach, what you want to do is take a look at the things that you have in your book and create questions to help bring out some of that information. For example, 
if you happen to be, let's say, let's go back to the leadership. You wrote a book on leadership. You might have a great question. What obstacles do you know of right now that are getting in the way of you being an effective leader? And you shut up and you listen. As opposed to, let me tell you six things you can do to be a better leader, because I know these are things that work and they're in my book. See, coaching is not about telling. Coaching is about asking. That's a really important point to remember. And as I said, I have to keep reminding myself of that because very quickly it can go into telling rather than asking the questions. For our leaders who are interested in learning more about your services or your programs, uh, how can they find out more, Patrick? Well, I've got a pretty easy website to go to. It's simply patrickdonadio.com, and that's D-O-N-A-D-I-O. So that's always a good place to start. I mean, they can always call me. I love to talk on the phone because I'm an extrovert. So they could call me at 614-488-9164 and be happy to chat if they're interested or email me. Very easy, patrick at patrickdonadio.com. Again, D-O-N-A-D-I-O. Those are some ways if they want to reach me. Um, what I'd love to do, Susan, is possible is to maybe share with you, and I don't know if you can get this to your listeners, a one-page list of some sample questions that people might want to ask if they're going to do some coaching. That would be perfect, and they'll be very generous. I always add those to the webpage uh, where your episode will be featured. So yes, please. And I just want to remind people, if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I'm not sure I can do training, I'm not sure I can do coaching, that the first step to change is awareness. And so As a coach, if I was your coach, I would say, listen to that little voice and don't necessarily believe it because sometimes we can talk ourselves out of things that really we would like to do or want to do. So kind of pay attention to that voice and catch yourself and remind yourself that if you've written the book, you know, you have a lot of knowledge and information that can be of value to other people. And you're really doing, I think, others a disservice if you don't take that skill and find a way to help others. I mean, it's also great for your bottom line, right? Because now in addition to book sales, you'll have some training revenue or some speaking revenue or some coaching revenue. As we all know, because I'm a new author, it's nice to have a book, but the book isn't always going to generate the kind of revenue. And the nice thing about the speaking and the training, Susan, is that it's a really good way to get out there and market. Even if you didn't get paid, which I think you could if you're an expert, but if you didn't get paid and you went out and did some speeches and had books available in the back of the room, it's another great way to create more awareness. And I just happened to speak up in Michigan two weeks ago brought my books up there and I was amazed because I'm a new author, by the way, not a new speaker, trainer, coach, but a new author. And I was amazed at the number of people that came to the back of the room and wanted to buy the book. Uh, It was really exciting to walk away with some cold cash in my hand. Yeah, they want to take a piece of you away with them. And that's the key with a book or anything that you're giving away at these programs. So excellent. So how can our listeners get a copy of those sample questions? Very easily, if you want to just email me, patrick at patrickthenaudio.com, and in the subject line, put in sample questions, I'll send you a PDF of uh, some of the questions that you might want to use if you are going to do some coaching. It gets a good starting point to get you thinking, because again, coaching is about asking, training is about telling. If you were to leave our listeners with a golden nugget of information, what would that be? I closed a lot of my programs with this quote, Nothing changes until you change. So if you want to be a speaker or a trainer or a coach, then when you finish listening to this call right now, take out a piece of paper and write down what are two or three things that you're going to do differently after our call today that'll move you forward 
to creating more revenue for your business by either doing some coaching or doing some speaking or training. So only takes one or two things. Sometimes a small change can make a major impact. So I hope people will remind themselves, it's great to listen to your podcast and they're very valuable, but nothing changes until you change. Take some of the valuable ideas you picked up today and put them into practice. What sage advice. So thank you so much. And thank you all for taking precious time out of your day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparks some ideas you can use to sell more books. Here's wishing you much book marketing success. The time is now to take action and finally build your book selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit bookmarketingmentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded. So visit bookmarketingmentors.com and we'll see you again next week.